Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello. Happy Tuesday. I think I am currently... Nope. I was going to say, I'm not the other, only one on the call. Amanda, Shell, Ellen? It's Amanda. Hi. Hey. How are you? Oh, my goodness. I'm okay. Mondays and Tuesdays are really long days for me. <laughs> I shouldn't be tired by the end of Tuesday. Aw. <laughs> oh. That's crazy. Um, Nikki's thing on Monday night, and then I have Jonathan's virtual sessions on Tuesday afternoons and this, and I love all of it. It's just like, whoo, Monday. It's just all stacked up, yeah. I understand. Which is good in a way, you know, kind of like staying in the flow of continuous improvement. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. It's a very good way to look at it. I'm actually just leaving my storage right now. I was sorting boxes and clear, trying to clear space and <laughs> running across, across old ghosts and, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. I was like, I like that. So, yeah. And I thought, hmm, you know, because there's a part of me that's like, well, it's a sweet memory. and But then there's another part of me that's like, yeah, it's a sweet memory, but it's kind of based on a fantasy, not based on reality. I mean, he may feel that way about me, but, you know, whatever. So <laughs> I texted you and you're like, oh, what is this? How do you how do you feel about it? What is your gut telling you? So I'm like, oh yeah, I should just throw it away. So I threw it in the box in the trash box with the other stuff that's in the storage unit right now. And then you're like, Patty, full moon, burn it. I'm like, mm, I don't think I can take it back out of the trash. <laughs> was the thought that I had. I was like, oh, energetically, I think it's a bad signal to take it back out of the trash. <laughs> I'm like, ah, it'll go to the trash place and be out of my hair so uh yeah like if it leaves my person that's probably gonna be all right so mm-hmm. anyway oh i'm just trying to get myself situated so i can be a little bit more focused about the book i just didn't quite time it right it's not okay. quite right i'm eating my, my dinner Okay, there you go. Work. Well, so 
have an interesting, like, I'll do my check-in while you're eating and while I'm trying to get myself parked somewhere where I can get my book out. Um, I had, like, a two-and-a-half-hour phone conversation with my brother today. Wow. Which, yeah, yeah, yes. And the thing with my brother is you kind of have to just do it when he's in a talky mood because a lot of times I call him and it's like, yep, nope, yep, nope. Right, right. Um, But we were talking about all kinds of racing-related things and, you know, stuff in the car industry. And so, but it was interesting because he reached out to me about something that's happening with one of these event organizers. And, um, and and my brother is like um, discontented about it. It didn't happen to him, but he's kind of like feels personally affronted by the whole thing. And he told me that on the call. He's like, I don't know why this is stuck in my cross so bad, but it is really bad. And I'm really struggling with it. And so he was asking me about questions about when we were at Jet Hot, how did I handle the sponsorship and what did I do and what did it cost and what all was involved. And so... And I said, look, you know, here's the thing. It's not just as simple as guiding instructors. I mean, if it was that simple, you know, they would have instructors at these events for, you know, but that's not the the only thing that's going to provide safety at these events. So, yes, we used to sponsor the instruction, safety and instruction component of these events because we thought it was important and it was a lot of money to sponsor it, but it was a lot of money to sponsor it the way we sponsored it because we wanted to do it world class. And um, that was just the way we were going to approach it, and you know, which my brother knows. And so um, and he said, "Well, yeah, I mean, you have to do a good job of doing it, otherwise, what's the point of doing it?" So anyway, so it was an interesting conversation. And I said to my brother, I said, "You know, I keep having conversations with people about things that are happening in the community, and all I know is that there is a very wide gate open right now for an event promoter to come in and." do really well if they have the right spirit about which they run the event and if it's someone who has goodwill in the community. There is a very wide gate that's open right now. And my brother said, I totally agree with you. There is a big gate that's open right now because there's so many people that are unhappy and the events used to be a particular kind of way and now they're a different kind of way and it just, you know, it it just isn't the same anymore. I thought it was an interesting. Um, well, it was interesting that he had the same assessment of what's going on right now. So I just kind of put it in my back pocket. I didn't go anywhere with it or anything, but I just kind of put it in my back pocket. Is it's just more information for confirmation that there's a space that's open right now. Mm-hmm. And so, because I started thinking, if I want to do this television series, maybe I could do like a three event series. And then we'd have enough footage for like a whole, for, you know, like 12 episodes or something, or even nine episodes. Um, Cause we could drag it out a little bit per episode. Wouldn't have to be, you know, just one event per episode. An episode could be dragged out, you know, two episodes per one event. And so build a little bit of anticipation and intention and stuff like that, just in terms of not, telling them who won and not telling them what all happened. So um, anyway, so there's there's a spot that's open. There's a space that's open out there in the ethers, and I wouldn't mind filling it. 
So, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind being the event promoter for uh, some of the stuff. I'm not sure I'd want to get into the high-speed stuff just because it's dangerous and there's a lot more liability with it. But the low-speed stuff, like what you came to, mm-hmm. um, there's a there's a space that's open there for that. So, anyways, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what I come up with. But it's kind of fun to think about it. Just let it percolate around in there that perhaps, perhaps there will be an option available with that at some point. So I'm just going to let it percolate. <laughs> you mean like perhaps there's like this amazing co-author in the sky who's just setting up all of the pieces in the exact yes. way it needs to set for you? I'm, I, yes, it's precise, exactly precisely right. <laughs> Yeah. It's so fun to look at life that way. It is, right? Mm-hmm. Like some kind of magic focus going on up there that's just orchestrating a whole bunch of really fun stuff. So I like to think of it that way. It's mm-hmm. more fun than the alternative. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, how about you? How's your week? Um, last week was challenging. It was good because it was like I I felt like I was getting a lot of evidence that I'm releasing the old stuff. It was mm-hmm. nice to actually like clean the house on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, I think I told you it was pretty funny because I put everything on the calendar, and my husband was suddenly like, "Oh, this is why you're so stressed. <laughs> this is why I should have put a calendar up like ten years ago." <laughs> but, um, well, it's there today, so that's good. Isn't that today, man? Mm-hmm. Um, and those are just the events. That has nothing to do with what I have to do to make those happen. Those are just, like, days on a calendar. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's good. I feel like I'm cleaning stuff up slowly. I feel like um, I'm getting, you know, good feedback right now from clients I'm working with and it's interesting I'm having you know I'm like in this trust the wind moment with filling my retreat because you know there's like a certain point where I just refuse to keep harassing these people via email and you know it's like okay if I really believe that all this is orchestrated then like I have done my part and I will continue to follow up, but seriously, like, what am I stressing about? <laughs> it's out of my hands, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, so to avoid all of that, like, insanity that I wake up with, I'm just, this. I just decided to spend, you know, a, like, just up my game with meditation 
And so I was hanging out there today and I started to feel like, oh, I want to create this course. And oh, I want to, and I was like, ooh, if I spend enough time here, this will be really fun. So I realized that like my manifesto wasn't a big enough goal. Uh, I need something else bigger uh, because the manifesto is something that I can accomplish on my own. And I just need uh, something yeah. wild and crazy, you know, that the manifesto is like, I have to create it in order to make that other thing happen. Yeah. But I don't know what that other thing is. I have all these ideas. Like I want to start a podcast and I want to, start that conversation about mindfulness and messiness and I want to finish my manifesto. I want to develop this e-course. And um, yeah, so all those things are kind of bubbling to the surface again, which I think is a good sign. And then, um, oh, and then I did that, um, I sent to you, thank you for your feedback, but the GLP workshop, yeah. I was kind of proud of how that ended up. I was, I was proud of, because it was really, really, like, it was long, and I had to condense it, and, um, you know, so much easier for me to condense someone else's stuff than yeah. my own, and so it was like, once I, you know, got into the flow of making it a little snarky, it was pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of, it made me excited about like that that is finally getting into my writing yeah. and into like, into like promotional materials because now I know that the only people who are going to come to that group are people who appreciate sarcasm, don't mind a few cuss words, and like are being really honest about where they're at in the writing process. Like, even if there's only five people, they will be my target client. Yeah. And um, so that that makes me really excited, you know, figuring out how I'm going to formula, formulate that talk. And it won't be too much different than, different than what I normally do, but like putting them into exercise and, you know, making it more playful than just – another workshop where you sit and listen to the person so it'll be a little bit of a challenge but I'm super stoked about it I'm like this is this stuff is like what if I just put this on the front of my website (laughs) (laughs) that's like I mean this this conversation about mindfulness and messiness is like really important to me but that what I wrote is like the beginning, the baby steps of that, you know, like that's the beginning of the messiness showing itself. Like I'm trying to be mindful about, you know, getting this stuff on paper. I'm trying to be mindful about executing on my purpose, but man, this is messy. Why do I keep ending up eating potato chips and chocolate? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's really playful still. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I get it because I'm I'm going through a little bit of that like with the 
you know, with the ponytail stuff, it's like every time I think about trying to figure out a way to merge, trying to merge the Deming stuff with the other stuff, it's like I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I'm just trying to just trying to get into the sweet spot of, you know, like I just want to go racing and have fun with people going racing and, um I don't know. I totally think there's a way to do like the personal self-development stuff with the racing. And it's not that I couldn't do the Deming stuff with the racing too. Um, I'm just, I'm just wondering about starting with the, you know, just the personal development side of it first and then building the, building a pathway through that. So I don't know. That's why when I was writing the other day, I was like, you know, people if, if just left alone, like what would I be what what would I want to be doing? And like if I was just, just leave me alone, what am I what do I wanna do? And I thought, yeah, mm-hmm. trying to incorporate the deming stuff and overlaying it on the racing, I could easier see using the racetrack as a metaphor for like I can see using the racetrack as a metaphor for things, but it's almost like just using the language to try and take them on a journey, like the racing language and the experience of racing to take them on the journey and then button it up with the Deming stuff at the end because, you know, trying to make all of it come in together. Um, yeah, there's a component that's missing. But when I when I look at, you know, if I just look at the track map, that seems easier to me. And then I think I could lay over like a systems diagram and a process diagram. Like I feel like I could lay some of that stuff over it and make it, fun that way but so anyways I'm trying to just let it unfold and I was doing I've been doing some just journaling and you know just like morning pages kind of stuff on it see where it ultimately goes and let let whatever doesn't need to be there shed itself because the thing that I know for sure is I want to get clear on what I want to do because I want to attract my ideal client I want to stop Mm -hmm. having things be kind of sort of what I want to do or bits and pieces of what I want to do and having a, this kind of a client without it being a more the ideal client. And so if I don't use my voice and if I don't put out the stuff that is authentically from me, then I'm not, I'm not going to end up getting the clients that are attracted to my personality. And it can't just be about my personality, but by God, it's got to partly be about that. Mm-hmm. So, because otherwise I'm going to end up working with people that I'm not a good fit for and they're not a good fit for me and that won't be good for anybody and that's not a win-win to me you know having a having a practice with clients that where we don't fit together regardless of how valuable the information is that I have I don't want to get them in there just to get them in there because I can do something for them I don't know, maybe that's upside down thinking, but I don't know. I, I just, I'd rather have the people in there that, I mean, I, we don't have to be each other's best friends, but that the messaging that I'm putting out is me. And so what they're, what they're getting when they get there is the same thing they got when they ran across my stuff. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, anyways, I've been arm wrestling myself about that a little bit. So, 
and I'm frustrated to be in the arm wrestle. I just want to know, <laughs> damn it. I know, right? <laughs> yes. Why, why is that so hard? I just want to know what's going to happen and when, and then everything would be okay. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. I know. I know. I was talking to, to Deborah yesterday, the the psychic lady that did some, you know, did one of these with us early on. And so I was talking to her yesterday. So she, and she was like, when we were talking, she was like flipping cards and she was saying something about, you know, and she was saying, you know, if you just get things in your own voice, then you'll attract the right clients for you. And I go, yeah, I agree with that. And she goes, and basically what I'm getting is you don't have to have it all figured out before you start promoting yourself. And she, and she immediately said, and I know you don't like to operate that way. I can see it right here in front of me. That is not the way you want to do it. You want to have it all figured out first, and then you want to offer something. And she said, but I'm telling you that the clients that are ready to, she said, what I'm seeing is that the clients that are ready to work with you, they just only need you to offer them the first step that you're clear on. They don't need you to have the whole thing figured out and deliver it to them. Maybe your corporate clients do, but not the kind of work I think you want to get into. I don't think they have, have to have you have it all figured out. I think they have to know that you know your stuff, but then you're going to customize working with them to fit their individual needs. I was like, yeah, well, not like it's the first time I've heard that, but I really like having stuff figured out. <laughs> it's easier to, it's easier for me to, sell. It's easier for me to have a sales conversation mm-hmm. if I know what I'm selling. You know, and I mean, I'm and I, I'm selling my 30, you know, my basically 25 years of experience. Mm-hmm. But you know, what's the outcome I'm going to deliver to those people? I have no idea. I don't know who they are. And I still, even if I knew who they are, I don't know what the hell outcome I'm going to deliver. You do. You have more of an idea. You know, you've been doing the specific thing you've been doing for a while. You know, you can help deliver a book. You can help deliver something more concrete. You know, in the business world, yeah, I can tell them what I'm going to, I can deliver. They're going to be able to make their businesses visible. They're going to be able to be clear about it. And they're going to get to get to know what decisions to make instead of guessing what decisions to make from an operational standpoint it's going to be clear and you know marketing is a little bit less tangible but they're going to have to figure out who they want to be so that's what I'm trying to do is figure out okay what is it exactly I want to offer because then I can know where to go market it but until I get clear on what I'm offering how the hell do I know how to go market myself (laughs) so chicken egg Mm -hmm. so well, I think it might be too that you know, I mean, sales conversations are largely, you know, about pulling out. I mean, would it would it free you up to like? let it treat it more like a proposal type deal. You know, where the conversation was simply to like pull out all of their 
issues and pain, which I know this is already part of your process, but connecting it to the sale, you know, maybe some of the hiccup is that you don't want to have one size fits all service that you offer because you know that that is not going to work to have a one size fit all fits all because even though you're approaching it with the same philosophy, you're doing different things. Yeah. And kind of, I guess the way I'm looking at it right now, Amanda, is that what I want to do is run my business using the Deming theory without marketing the Deming theory is what my business is. So I want to use the methodology to create a successful business for myself. But the product offering that I want to offer to people, I'm not sure that I want to continue to offer Deming Consulting. Why? Um, Because it's not fun. This is mm-hmm. a very truthful answer. It's not fucking fun. <laughs> it's not. Mm-hmm. I'd rather least, be on a racetrack. Pardon? You'd rather be on a racetrack? Um, I would rather be on a racetrack or I would rather be working with people on mindset stuff, which mm-hmm. I do a ton of that when I'm doing consulting. But I like the idea of doing things more um, in a retreat setting. And because when I go in and work with a company, I just get all of the people of the company without regard to um, if it's a client I want to work with or not. So I pick one client that I want to work with. And then what gets delivered to me is all the other people in the organization that I now have to be trying to negotiate with and because it's in a it's in that kind of a work setting it's a different conversation about mindset stuff or or what's going to create the transformation there isn't the flexibility to be it's just not as flexible there's things that if i was working one-on-one with somebody i would be recommending i would be coaching them on i would be doing them and when i go into an organization it isn't that way. It's not like I can go into the organization as a Deming consultant and say, by the way, I think we should actually um, do have some discussion about the science of getting rich. Like, you know, I'm just trying to envision like saying that to like Bob up in Canada. And he'd be mm-hmm. looking at me, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? So I would like the flexibility of being being able to use a lot of the things that are at my disposal. And when I land a clients that I'm doing Deming consulting with, it's limiting. I guess that's how it feels. It feels limiting because of the way that we engage with each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like up there, there's what, 20, 30 employees. And so there's a whole bunch of things that I would like to be using to benefit each person in the company overall. But the gate isn't wide enough to do that. Mm -hmm. So... um, and the kind of businesses that are more prone to taking you on as a Deming consultant is manufacturing-based. You know, I haven't cracked the code yet to how to do it with service companies. There's one that I would like to do Deming consulting with in North Carolina. I really like the guy, and he's, he's progressive enough that I think we could make a lot of fun out of it. And I think he'd like his workplace to be fun. 
So mm-hmm. I could envision how that could be fun, but, you know, maybe it's just a matter of finding a different clientele. You know, maybe it's just a matter of that. So, but I guess to some extent it's that it feels confining instead of expansive. So I'll have to, I'll have to spend some time on that, and maybe it's just the type of client is what makes it feel confining. That could very well be. Mhm. So. Yeah, because my 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 guess is that you, even if you didn't like lead with I'm a demi philosophy consultant or whatever you're gonna say, because I do see how that could be constricting. But it's the it's like a primary lens through which you look at business in the world. So. So if you look at it that way, do you see, like, all these other modalities that, uh, you know, all these other tools and things that you're talking about, like, oh, I wish I could, you know, offer this or bring this in, but the gate's not wide enough. Those things, do you see them as support to the Deming philosophy, meaning expanders so like you're teaching this one piece of the philosophy but it really makes sense for you to add the science of getting rich to this um part of the curriculum that you've developed yeah i um yeah i actually view the outside things that i would want to bring in as accelerators Right. So because innovation is fundamental to business and all of the stuff that I, I that process you take people through in the artist way, um, mm-hmm. it frees up people's thinking, which will support innovation. And I, I view I would view that as an accelerator it, in some ways. Same thing as the science of getting rich. I mean, the mindset stuff could be an accelerator. And, you know, so I've got to get back on track with doing it myself because right now I'm not accelerating myself, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm kind of at a – and I realize it's because I'm, I'm trying to – I'm actually trying to pivot. I'm, I'm actually – there's a train that's on a track that had a certain amount of momentum, and I'm trying to make a hard – I feel like I'm trying to make a hard left-hand turn. And, you know, and that's a hard thing to do on a train. So, um I'm trying to change the direction of the the train tracks, and um, you know, and so I think there's gonna I think there's gonna have to be a pathway between the two things. You know, I mean, I think I'm gonna it's gonna have to be a transition. It's I don't know that I'm gonna be able to just make an abrupt leap from one thing to the other. Maybe I will be able to, but I just thought if I if I did some one-on-one coaching with leaders, like if I did more like almost more conventional coaching mm-hmm. as the as the entry point because I'm I'm you know, I'm wondering if that would be an easier sale and an easier yes to get started on this other path than having them have me come into their organization. Yeah. So market to certain kinds of business leaders based on the I can stand on the platform of the years of experience that I've had but engage with them individually instead of trying to go in and help them transform their company out of the gate. 
ultimately, I will. I believe I'll earn enough credibility that that actually may come about. But by that time, we will have done some other work because what I see in the in the Deming stuff that we do is the leader is the biggest obstacle. And so I, I'm feeling like, a, you know, we've got to fight that fire in a different way instead mm-hmm. of trying to be in the organization and fight it where they feel exposed and vulnerable and like they're having to admit a bunch of things they don't want to admit in front of their whole team. You know, that's exhausting. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, I do totally view the world through the lens of Deming. Business world, I can't not. Because once you... You know, once you know all the stuff that he teaches, you can't unknow it. You know, I, I can't unknow it. So, and I'm, I'm not going to view business in any other way. You're 100% right. And, you know, and it's something I've used for a long time, and it, it's, it, it's worked. And so, you know, so part of it is looking at how to deploy that here. And Deming always says, you know, like, plan something, do it, study the results, and then decide you can act or abandon or what are you going to do, you know? I mean, yeah. It's one, of the, it's one of the four components of a theory, so, you know, the theory of knowledge. So you have to have a theory and then do something with the theory and then track the results and then did it work out? Do you need to test it more? Did it not work out? So I'm just looking at those things in terms of what, you know, where do I genuinely want to be because I feel like it's, the, you know, the business consulting stuff where I'm going and spending time at people's businesses. It just feels like showing up for combat every day. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to do that. That's not how I want to spend my work hours. Maybe that's part of your marketing message. Is that, because, I mean, what you just said is probably exactly how the leaders are feeling. <laughs> Preparing for battle every day, right? Getting ready to go in for combat. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So like, you know, it, if that was part of your story of why you developed it the way that you're developing it now, it would draw those only those people who were willing to say, "She's right." Like. I can't, you know, this isn't going to change until I do. Yeah. And then they'll sign up for a racing retreat. And then it'll be easier for you to walk into their organization. Because then you have them, you have total, like, buy-in, understanding, integration happening before you even get there. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good suggestion. Cause yeah, I just I would like to work with people that just don't want to be in combat at work all the time because it's tiring and I, I just don't, you know, that's that's not inspiring to me to think about going in and playing those dragons like that. And you know, I just I guess I want to be able to soften up a little bit at work in an odd way. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to have to wear my Kevlar all the time. Yeah. And. It's not that I can't do that. I'm capable of it. I've been doing it for a long time. But I would like to be able to balance a little bit more and have more, have it be more playful. And, you know, I, I just don't think work has to be so doggone serious. And so, and that's something I felt for a long time. It's why I wanted to do the ponytail racing thing because I felt like, God, there's got to be a more fun way to teach and learn. Mm-hmm. 
you know. So that's why I was so mm-hmm. motivated to figure out a way to do this because, it, you know, I just don't think it has to just only be that one way. There are people that need to have it be that way, but that that's not my, that, those aren't my ideal clients. So, and, you know, it's funny we're talking about this because the very first sentence in this chapter that we're talking about says whether you change your vocation or not, your actions for the present must be those pertaining to the business in which you are now engaged. Well, fuckity fuck, right there. <laughs> you can get you the business you want by making constructive use of the business you are already established in. By doing your daily work in a certain way. I guess that means not being bitchy about it, which is how I feel today. So I feel like anything but inspiring or inspired today. Can you tell? No, you're writing this pretty well. Not. (laughs) So far as your business consists in dealing with, uh, with, Others, whether personally or by letter, the key thought of all your efforts must be to convey to their minds the impression of increase. Is fun like increase? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is the increase that every leader wants. More fun at work? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's what I want my marketing stuff to say. I want my marketing stuff to say, are you tired of not having any fucking fun at work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Call this number. Me too. <laughs> Amen, brother. Go. Amen, brother. Call this number. Let's make work fun again. Remember back when work was fun? Let's make work fun again. Call this number now. Wait, it's got to be. It's got to have a call to action with immediacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call this number. Yeah. Now. Now is immediacy. Today. Now. Nah. Now. Yeah. I like that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Does work feel like combat? Does work feel like combat? <laughs> Do you put on your Kevlar every day? Go in your office and, you know, try to stay out of the line of fire? Yep, well, I understand that. Come race a car instead of, yeah. So, uh, increase is what all men and women are seeking. It is the urge of the formless intelligence within them, seeking fuller expression. I love this line. The desire for increase is inherent in all nature. It is the fundamental impulse of the universe. I think that is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. The fundamental impulse of the universe. I think I should just sit around in my room meditating all day and reading this book. (laughs) <laughs> read the book meditate for an hour read the book meditate for an hour mm-hmm. that would be an interesting experiment that would be a fun experiment the law of perpetual increase is set forth by Jesus in the parable of the talents only those who gain more retain any for him who hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath this is the part for me that I I started to have some understanding of this this little bit right here about the law of perpetual increase because it, it's 
what's that expression? You you know, you either what is it? You're growing. You're either growing or you're either growing or you're dying. Something like that. I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. how it goes. But to me, that's what this is. We're either continually working towards improving and increasing things, or we're losing things. Like there is no resting on our laurels. There is no like status quo. So we're either trying to grow things or we're losing things. Those who gain more, only those who gain more retain any. For him who hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. I kind of feel like that's saying if I'm not taking action to create increase, then not only am I not getting the increase, but I'm going to start to lose whatever it is that I did have, which mm-hmm. I think there's accuracy to that. The normal desire for increased wealth is not an evil or a reprehensible thing. It is simply the desire for a more abundant life. It is aspiration. Oh, this is a good chapter. I say that every week. This chapter is the one that always reminds me of Reuben. Yeah, the impact because he because he was so committed to impact. Mhm. Yeah. In every moment, not these huge big things, but every interaction, like this book says. Yeah. Do not boast or brag of your success or talk about it unnecessarily. Truth faith is never boastful. Feel that you are getting rich, and in so doing, you are making others rich and conferring benefits on all. You can convey the impression by holding the unshakable faith that you yourself are in the way of increase and by letting this faith inspire a fill and permeate every action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look out for the temptation to seek authority, to become a master, to be considered as one who is above the common herd, to impress others by lavish display, and so on. The mind that seeks for master over others is the competitive mind. And the competitive mind is not the creative one. Yeah. Oh, show.
It's so funny because mm-hmm. I realized that this is where this whole impression of increase, like, this is where my marketing message always goes, Mickey Mouse. Really where your funny. marketing message always goes what? Mickey Mouse. It goes like mean? Mickey Mouse. Like, I turn into Mickey Mouse. Like, everything is magic, you know, and it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> And it's messy. Like I, so there's this. Um, did I tell you that one of these ladies in the 108? We really connected in February um, in Austin. She went through a very similar uh, mentor situation that I did with Lisa, and mm-hmm. um, and so she's reemerged after doing a lot of post-traumatic stress <laughs> disorder rehab mm-hmm. she's reemerged and now she's doing all of these things um to help people market more authentically in alignment mm-hmm. with who they are instead of following the formula and so she's can I tell you this she sent me a link to her virtual stream for her event but I was on retreat so then I have to get the recordings and I have to do it before June 11th because that's when you know they disappear and so I started listening to them, and I got, like, 15 minutes in, and I just had to turn it off. I was like, oh, my God. I cannot. It's like the impression of increase without boundaries. <laughs> <gasps> like, what does that it look like, like? Tell me what that looks like. Oh, my God. Like. Um, like we we're gonna change your story in the next three days. You can, if you're willing, you can release any story in an instant. Um, I finally realized that I am pure magic and I can do anything that I want, and so can you. Um, and so like she, these things like really. Like, I literally was just, like, I had to shut it down and go take a walk because I was pissed. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that this is what I, you know, this is what we're all conditioned to do in the positioning, right? Like, life is shit right now. I just explained to you how it is, helped you to see it, and now this is what's possible. But these sweeping generalizations that she's made made me, like, furious because she's got a room full of people who are like, I mean, how much pressure is that, that I can change things in an instant, but then I can't, and things are taking so long, and I can't, you know what I mean? It's like this whole, instead of instead of explaining to people that, you know, the real impression that I want to give people is that, yes, there is more. Yes, there is magic. Yes, you do get to tap into it, and then there's also this thing called the messiness of the journey. And it does, in hindsight, look like these healings and stories changed in an instant because there was a moment where they did, right? Like there was a moment where it no longer had a hold on you. Yeah. And there may be a moment of enlightenment, but the moment of enlightenment is either followed by a journey 
or is predicated by a journey exactly. or both. Yeah. Or both. I'm like, yeah, you can change a story in three days until you have to go home and deal with the same fucking characters in it. And you're right back <laughs> in that story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, Dr. Deming talked about this, actually. He talks about that and he, because people would ask him questions and he, in, in his book, he says, there is no instant pudding. That's how he summed it up because people would want to talk about that. And Deming would say transformation is discontinuous. It happens across time. But that's the very first of his 14 points. His first point is constancy of purpose. You have to know what your purpose is and you have to be constant in that purpose. And then the transformation, you know, Transformation is individual and it happens across time. There is no instant pudding. And, you know, I mean, his stuff, is, you know, when I, when I read his stuff, it's freaking spiritual, man. It's, just, it's totally mm-hmm. spiritual to yeah. me because that's my lens. And so everything right. I read in it, and somebody called Deming out on it once and said, you know, you, you refer to the Bible all the time. And he goes, where? Where do I refer to the Bible all the time? Two times. I make reference two times to the Bible. Where is that all the time? And he, he really took umbrage to people saying he was trying to push his religion because he was a very religious guy, but he was also a total character and hilarious and a booze hound. And, like, you know, he wasn't like a, you know, he wasn't a, wasn't like a conservative, but he had deep beliefs, so... You know, he just didn't want people to pigeonhole him into something because he knew what he was teaching was something bigger. So I totally agree with you. you can't, I mean, that's just way too much pressure on the, on the, you know, messenger, messenger and also on the people attending because then they go home and they go, well, what's wrong with me that I didn't, you know, that it didn't last or didn't stick or whatever. I mean, that is a lot of pressure. But, yeah, thank you for illuminating, like, what, Increase with no boundaries is because holy cow, yeah, takes time, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. So, is this somebody you're going to work with, or it's somebody that is a colleague in the in the Good Life Project, or? Yeah, she's in the 108, and I did think about. I mean, part of the reason why I connected with her was because she is teaching people how to do this marketing that's more authentic. And I was like, well, you know, when people need that help, I'd love to have someone I trust to send them to. Yeah. And then she just got weird. (laughs) And there are certain, you know, I haven't done a lot of research, like information research on certain modalities of healing. But I've done a lot of intuitive research. And Mm -hmm. the people who come out of the particular modality that she's studied kind of freak me out. Mm. It's like they short, how do I say it? Something behind their eyes goes missing. Something's really, really important. Hmm. So they're they're speaking. I have more control, but they look more and more like a zombie. Hmm. And I suppose you know there are some people who would say that 
you know, like really enlightened beings. They just have these different presence, you know, it's a different presence about them or whatever, but it doesn't feel good to me. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and then the really like the mean girl in me was like, seriously, who's buying this shit? Because this lady is standing on stage and she's like a hundred pounds overweight saying that she can do anything she wants at any time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I absolutely do. That's a part of my own struggle with myself right now is, you know, I mean, the work is not coming in. So, you know, like I, I, I got to do some cleanup on my own self internally because, you know, I've met the problem and she's sitting right here on the inside of me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's certain things it's hard to have credibility, you know, in certain regards if we can't, we can't actually have our life be a living example of it. So, yeah, I totally know what you're saying. Yeah. And And it would be okay if, like, any of that would be okay if it was focused you know if it was just always about what you can do in your business or what you can you know focus on the stuff that she actually accomplished instead of all these other things that she you know these all things that she's talking about Mm. yeah that's a really good point Have you ever heard of soul alignment? No. What's that? Um, it just occurs to me. I'm all nodded up, and Deborah said that when she and I were talking yesterday, she's like, "Oh, I think you. Yeah, I actually think you need to have your uh, soul alignment done because I think there are things that are blocking you, like on a soul cellular level." And I think we got to go in and get that energy cleaned up and get those blocks cleaned up and get your soul realigned with where it's supposed to be because I she it's something about kind of like carrying lifetimes of of mistakes inside of our soul and inside of our energy and that stuff needs to get cleared out so we can stop being in that same spot. And so when she and I were talking yesterday, we're, you know, just talking in general and she's, you know, because I, I called her, to, I, I texted her to get a reading. And so we we're talking yesterday. She goes, I don't actually think that a reading is what we need to be doing. She said, after now talking about things, I think you need a soul, I think you need a soul alignment where we go in and kind of like get things. <laughs> I, I almost feel like it's like in the storage, right? I got all this stuff in storage and, you know. And I'm standing there. Oh man, this is really this is some kind of a profound metaphor right now. I'm standing there in my storage, and I'm looking at it, and I'm realizing that maybe like a third of what is in there is actually my stuff, like mm. personal things, and then a third of it is Christmas, which is our whole family's Christmas stuff, and then a third of it is all my kids' keepsakes. I mean, yeah. in the back part where things are being stored, and then the, the rest of it is where I've been parking my car when I've been out of town. But, you know, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, my God, I, just, I have all this stuff in here that is not even mine. 
that I, I don't want to be schlepping around. I don't want to be carrying it around and that it just it's making all my stuff have to be stacked on top of each other and, and I can't get at anything and, you know, and it's expensive to store all the stuff that I don't really want to be storing. And so, yeah. So I'm sure there's a whole bunch of stuff in there about needing to, you know, clean up, but clean inside of me energetically and all of that. I'm sure my mm-hmm. my storage is like a physical representation of what I got going on on the inside. That because I'm positive I'm carrying crap that's super old and probably in some that's not even mine. You know. Yeah. And I, I'm well, positive and- I've got parental stuff in there, and so she's actually. So she said for the next couple of days, she's going to be working on stuff and I don't have to meditate or I don't have to do any of that, but she's going to start working on things. So I'm wondering if my like part of my squirm has to do with today has to do with that stuff. Hmm. I don't know. I'll have to ask her if it's prone to creating emotional states. (laughs) Yeah. Which would make sense if we're stirring up and trying to clear out a whole bunch of old energy, you know. Right. It would make sense. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. So she said she'd start working on it and then, you know, and then she and I will get together and then we'll have like a two-hour session. So, but the intention is already set, right? So we already agreed she would do it. She already started on it last night. She sent me the my soul the star for my soul group which is really pretty she sent me a picture of the star that is the star for my particular soul group which was beautiful so um yeah so i'm sure now that the intention is that i'm sure that the energy is starting to get turned up in there so yeah talking about it actually makes me feel a little bit nauseous so i think i'm onto something because usually when I'm having stuff, it's like when I get Reiki and then it's like if I get really good Reiki, it almost makes me feel nauseous sometimes. Yeah. When I get certain well, energy. Does that ever happen to you when you get certain energy work done or even massage and you actually start to almost feel nauseous like because things are moving? Yeah, because it's the only modality I haven't had that experience with is Nikki. Mhm. Yeah, which is energy too, though, right? Energy work. Are you there? Yep. I do not know what happened. Um, I don't know. You were there and then you were just gone. Strange. Well, I was saying that um, Nikki talks about um, in in the past, I've worked with 
practitioners, and I've definitely had a feeling of nauseousness, but mostly fatigue. Um, mm. Like yeah, extreme both fatigue. Of those. Yeah, yeah. Both of those going on. And that's one of the things that Nikki keeps reinforcing in all of the training is like make sure that you tell these people that part and and part of it too, and I don't know with this one, but but with Nikki's, you know, it's all about like really focusing on the empathic intuition. And so you it's very the protocol is very focused on releasing um tribe members energetically that don't resonate mm-hmm. with you anymore, releasing yeah. um, empathic energy from um, present life, prenatal time, past life, generational empathic pain, mm-hmm. and collective conscious. So, and then the belief system go along with that. So it's like doing a shit ton of clearing out of the stuff that is keeping you know, like weighing everyone down and keeping them from really moving forward. So with the impasse, what happens is that when they finally have relief from all of the empathic pain and they have all that stuff clear out and they get to reestablish their boundary, they completely collapse in exhaustion because they've been trying to hold it together. Mm. They've like they're they've been at war like in fight or flight because they didn't have their protective boundary around them anymore. Mm. So I think it's pretty. I think I think that's probably really really normal. What you're talking about. All the feels, as my kid would say. Having all mm. the feels, yeah. Yeah, if, if she's doing something on. Even just the present life level, but going back to past life, it's a lot to clear. It's you know, it's uh, and then although I do think that this these types of modalities, the more like spiritual energy based ones, rather than like the mental emotional ones that you and I are really familiar with, like workshops and talk therapy and that kind of stuff. I really Mm -hmm. think that a lot of that work that I did was fantastic for my mind and emotions, but terrible for my body. Because I didn't have any way of, like, completing, clearing it out. Like, those things get stuck in the body. So when they get released, where do they go? Yeah, I I have to tell you, some of the stuff that I'm interested in doing, I, I really, this Reiki gal and redlands that I really like I was like you know what I think I don't think I actually want to do any (laughs) retreats without her being a part of it like to figure out like how to build her like her daily right into what I'm doing or at least you know have her come for some period of time towards the end of it so Mm -hmm. as they've as they've done all the work then she can you know kind of help to do some clearing for them before they go home and take all that, you know, like I don't want them taking it all with them. So, but you know, to do all that work and then be able to have the things that they were being aware of and, you know, being willing to have transformation on let's, let's 
clear out whatever energy that is still hanging around in there that is going to be a problem for them. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, an, it's a... Yeah, I don't know. This, I haven't been quite this out of sorts in a while. <laughs> so, this is not, not my most shining day. So... Because I've had a couple of weeks of it, but today it just feels like it's kicked my ass a little bit. Yeah. Oh. yeah. There's no re. I mean, there's no actually tangible reason I should be in a kerfuffle. <laughs> there's nothing terrible going on, so there's just no reason to be in a kerfuffle. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, well, it's good. it's good to be thinking about the impression of increase. So, well, I ought to meditate on that notion and see if that can help also to change my mindset a little bit. But I don't know. There's a part of me that feels like I just need to give myself permission to just be in this spot right now today. I don't want to. I don't want to. Pop a tent here, but you know, maybe I could have a picnic there today. <laughs> yeah, and picnic in it because it's it's come it's up. So it's what is up for me at the moment. So, so I'm thinking that next week is kind of our last our our last get together. I thought we would do like the basically the two. Two chapters, the advancing man and the cautions and conclusions. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds good. Chapter seventeen is a summary, and I don't, I don't think we need to really have a call for that. So I was thinking that maybe next week we'll tackle two chapters, and then that can kind of be it for this go around. I definitely liked it better when we were doing a chapter a week every week. I feel like that gave us more. The momentum felt different to me with that than doing this alternating thing, but it was an experiment. We tried it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I I definitely like doing a chapter a week, and it was easier for me to stay on track when I was focused like that. So, well, what's the rest of the week look like? Oh, um, actually, tomorrow. I'm going to try to get some of my own stuff done for the first time in a while. <laughs> Yay. Kind of yeah. I've, uh, I've just been so overwhelmed with everybody's um, content. So I finally got a chunk of it out the door today, and I feel like tomorrow I might be able to enjoy some some time to do my own thing, planning, and, and like I said, I can feel things starting to bubble, so. Good. Yeah. How about you? Um, My aim for myself, I'm going to see about hiring some, hiring a um, a person like from, you know, like the, the uh, labor tomorrow, you know, like the folks that hang out at Home Depot. Um, to lift the boxes in my storage because I really need to not be doing that. 
that'll jack up my back. And I did a little bit of it today, which wasn't a great, wasn't a great thing. So I got to stay out of doing that. Um, so I'm going to see what I can do about really getting things sorted out in my storage. I'm started. I don't have to be out of town right now. And it's a, it would be, it's a good time to um, just get it started and finish because, you know, depending on what my, what my dad and I ultimately decide to do about this house in North Carolina for, you know, if I'm going to take up residence there for a while or if we're going to rent it out or whatever we're going to do, I, you know, I want to get stuff sorted out here because I really ultimately I just want to stop paying for the storage. I don't want to keep doing it. So, yeah, um, I just, I just don't want to keep doing it. And really I, I'm kind of, um, I mean, depending on how much cleaning and stuff we have to do at the house and, uh, you know, back there, I'm inclined to um, move a lot of my stuff into that house. I mean, even if I put it in storage in the, you know, in the rec room above the garage or something, because even if we rent it out, we can say, well, you know, we're renting out everything but the rec room. And, you know, but there's another little storage unit there, too, because it's not that much stuff. But I just I would like to just stop paying for like to stop paying for the storage here. And um, but I, I really would just like to go stay in the house for a little while and just have a place that's. That's mine, you know, that doesn't have other people living in it, that's calm, that's quiet, that I, I just I kind of feel like I the last couple of years of having my living situation be in so much transition, like, Mm -hmm. you know, since whatever it was, 2014, I guess. Yeah. Mid-2014, my living situation has just been in flux, and I've been living in, you know, basically in other people's spaces since 2014, even though Greg and I lived together. It was you know, it just, I still just have felt like I've been living in other people's spaces and I'd really just like to live in my own for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just not not have other people there and not have, you know, not have to park a mile away from my house to park, you know, to, after I get back from the grocery store, <laughs> you know, just it's all mm-hmm. that stuff. And... That will. I've tried to be able to maintain just a grateful spirit, regardless of where I've been living and what's been going on. But I don't know. It's kicking my ass a little bit this week, so. So I I just want to get my storage done, so I know legitimately how much stuff is there that's mine that really needs to go somewhere. And you know. And I don't want to pay a ton of money to move stuff back to North Carolina. So I really, really am looking at it in terms of like, what do I, what do I really, really, really want to keep? And everything else is just going to go because most of the stuff, I'll just replace it. Like it's going to be cheaper to replace it than to try and get it moved to North Carolina. So I just don't want to, I don't want to take on that financial burden basically. So so that's it. I'm just going to try and get through that storage this week and I'm working on a couple of other things. I'm, I'm really trying to spend time, you know, like writing and sitting and, and 
putting pen to paper and spending time on things relative to the coaching so that I'm exerting energy in that direction. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll do some more of that too. It's not like I've come up with a, you know, terrific, fantastic thing that I'm ready to offer, but I do feel like it's important to be committing energy towards that direction. So I'm working on that. I've been trying to work on that some every day. So I believe it will pay off. And so that's what I got going on. And, you know, I'm grateful to have the time to be doing this. So it's very, I'm very lucky to be able to have a little bit of downtime to work on things that are feel interesting to me. So not everybody has that luxury. So that is not lost on me. Yeah. It's not lost on me. So. All right. Well, so I guess we'll do this, uh, those two chapters for next week. And Sounds good. And I'm sure I'll talk to you in between now and then. I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> or a wine or something. I don't know. We'll see. Something. A wine, a rant. A rave. Who knows? That's possible. Who knows? Maybe a little bit of all of it. Yeah, why not? Maybe a little bit of all of it. Why not? I'll let you know how the soul realignment thing goes when we get it done. Yeah, I'll let, I'll, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, I'll fill you in on the deets. So. Okay. All right, sweet lady. Well, thanks well, for your patience while I was anything but um, science of getting rich-minded. <laughs> Are you kidding? We totally... Uh... We totally just talked about the whole chapter again, like on accident. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would agree with you there. That's how we do. That is awesome. That is so awesome. All right, sweet lady. All right. I'll talk, I'll talk to, to you soon. soon. Okay. okay. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.